Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown live show coming at you this morning on a Tuesday. Uh, a lot of you guys in here, and we'll probably get some more people streaming in here as we start to share this across the Twitter nits, Twitter, whatever sphere. We, um, as always, I'm joined by Andrew Combo Sellup. Combo, what's going on, my man, this morning? All is well. It's not quite morning here, but uh, morning over there by you. Good morning to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Joel Jalen Brown thing is uh, it creates an interesting conversation if yeah. players should take trade rumors personally, because a lot of people who work in the NBA will tell you everybody knows it's a business. But I, I think especially when you're a younger player, you don't quite realize that yet. What are your thoughts on that? Should players take it personally? Do they have the right to take it personally? And is it just a business at the end of the day and they should not take it personally? Like, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, yes to all of this. They, it's a business and they should take it personally. And, you know, <laughs> it's it, it, you, when you're dealing with chemistry, I think if we've figured out anything over the last 10, 12 years, you know, since maybe LeBron went to Miami and this whole notion of grabbing stars together to put them together, if we've learned anything from that, it, there, it is that chemistry is really, really important when you're talking about how to make these teams work. It doesn't always work that way. We saw like OKC is a good example of that when you had a couple of really good stars that weren't going to jive together to ultimately, you know, get to a title. So, yeah, I mean, you know, listen, is it going to affect his play? Like once the tip and now they're getting sweaty and they're playing hard, like I, I doubt it. But, you know, at this time of year, when there's a lot of time left before the season starts, you, you have to worry about those things leaking uh, we see people out there talking about how uh, Windhorse said it was an old offer from weeks ago. Why did they get leaked now? Why did they do that? I don't know. Like, we have to figure that out. Um, what do you think about the timing of this? Yeah, I don't know why they let it leak. And I think it's pretty important for any franchise to try and keep it between them and the Nets um, and not let it leak because it can hurt chemistry. Yeah, once you get on the court, you're going to be a professional and play as hard as you can, but the mental does seep into the physical mm -hmm. and it could lead to some resentment. I'm really at the point where I don't think Brooklyn wants to trade Kevin Durant. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I think they might just be placating him. Like, yeah, we're sending offers here. We're sending offers there. Maybe that's why it's getting leaked. I don't know. I just don't think they really want to trade him unless they get something incredible, but just like, Oh, we could say, okay, D yeah, we tried to trade you. You see this, you see that. I don't right. really think they want to trade him at the end of the day. Well, what's interesting is we're going to have a special guest coming on in, in about eight or nine minutes, uh, if, if uh, I'm accurate with my adding, um, who's going to give us even more insight into the Celtics side of things. Um, so let's explore a little bit of what the Nets are talking about. Because, again, you know, it's rare to have a guy demand a trade who has four years left on his contract. And, you know, there isn't a lot of leverage, but the, the leverage he does have is he could simply not play. Um, and that's a real problem. They dealt with that with Kyrie last year. They don't want to deal with that again this year. It looks like they're going to avoid having to deal with a vaccination issue. I think. I, I think. Do you, do you have you heard about that recently? Is that going to still be an issue with him? I did not hear that. Will he not be able to play all the games again? I mean, some in my back of my adult brain in the middle of the offseason, I have some memory of thinking like they the New York had never really changed it. Although I, at this point, you'd almost think that because so many other people have gotten the vaccine. They're not going to enforce that as much, but it, it's very possible, especially right now, because cases are up again and it's a real problem. Uh, you know, this isn't really going away. That's another thing. We can have a whole other uh, show about COVID uh, and about what that means. I mean, you're on the court these days training people, right? Yeah, working out. I'm playing all the time myself, all, all of the above. And you're not wearing a mask, are you? 
I am not Coach Nick. You're just you're dodging bullets like Neo in the Matrix. I was also in Vegas, and I guess I dodged the bullet there. I mean, there was people all over the place. And you sounded sick though when you first came back a little bit, like congested. I was like, oh crap. You didn't so you didn't get it. You didn't test though, but you didn't get it, right? Oh, who knows? Maybe you got it without any symptoms. I could have had it four times by now, Coach Nick, and I wouldn't know. I mean, I have tested before and it, I never tested positive for it. So you've never had it, you never tested positive for it. Not that I know of. Okay. And by the way, neither have I. And and if that's the case and we haven't gotten it, we're one of, uh, you know, maybe like 20% of the country at this point who hasn't gotten it. People are going down left and right around me. Um, and so, yeah, I, by the way, and I'm in the gym. I actually am when I'm coaching now. Um, I'm wearing a mask. Uh, I am not effing around. You know what? At one point I was wearing a mask heavy, even like the whole, like, uh, you look like a ninja, you know? Yeah. Like I had the whole thing and people thought I was crazy, but I, you know, I was wearing that kind of mask at one point and now I'm not, but. Well, you got you know. a young kid at home. You don't want to deal with that either. That's a real uh, problem because. Right. Know. Right. So at any rate, but let's get back to the nets because, uh, and I, I'm trying to save a little bit of the Celtics stuff for uh, our, our special guest who's coming on, who you're going to love. Um, but uh, you know, th there's a lot of politics that do go on about this and how these things drop, how these things leak. Uh, it might not have been an intentional leak. You know, just things are get out there before you know it and you can corroboration and then they they release it. But um, here's the interesting question is, is what the deal ends up being. So what we were hearing was it was Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and then a pick probably. Is that what it was? Do you remember if there was anything else? Yeah, I think that was the deal breaker because they wanted Marcus Smart, right? The uh, Right? Or what well, okay, it? knowing me and having done this for a long enough time, what do you think of my my reaction is for for that the Celtics had a chance to trade Marcus Smart? Well, you feel like that's good for the Celtics to trade Marcus Smart. I, you know, I mean, I, I, so, yeah. so, so there's two points to that though. Part of it is on the other side of things that many people believe he's the heart and soul of the team, but then on the other side, you also now have Malcolm Brogdon, who could fill some of that role. And with KD, that would be pretty special. I mean, so I do see both sides of it. Yeah. And you remember I had said, well, for a couple of things, you know, Marcus Smart played well. He didn't do a lot of the things that dri drives me crazy in the finals, even like, mm -hmm. you know, sort of the throwing the ball away, taking bad threes, uh, getting lost in the weak side defensively. He like he, he kind of tamped those things down, but he didn't really like didn't really do a, a whole lot at watch. I got to go watch if I look at the uh, game logs, he he. I don't remember. Did he ever get like 20 points in the game or eight or nine assists? Like, I don't You know what? Let's look it up because I don't want to talk out of my ass here um, if I'm allowed to even. Well, while you look that up to change subjects slightly, I love yes. the idea of a KD and Jalen Brown pairing more than a KD and Jason Tatum pairing. OK, so that's what I was kind of moving towards as well. Here's the thing about, uh, you know, and I, I tweeted this out and only a couple people got it yesterday. I, I tweeted out. Um, remind something like remind me what position does Kevin uh, what does Jason Tatum play? The, meaning that like the, he plays the same position as yeah. Kevin Durant, so it, it is a little bit weird. Whereas Jalen Brown is more of that like sort of shooting guard that makes it difficult when the uh, other teams want to play smaller shooting guards, and he can really uh, attack that. Here's the real quick thing: so um, he did get to 24 points in Game Three. 24 and five uh, that's assists. And then he did then 18 and 20. So he actually, he scored kind of well in the, in the finals, believe it or not. Uh, it didn't just seem very impactful. I think is what I was my, my point is for Marcus smart in the finals. Did anything bother you about the way Marcus smart played in this playoff run? 
Yeah, I, I you know, it, it would come up, and there were times you're like, oh, here it comes, and he he would string together a few, but it wasn't as bad, and it didn't seem like it completely affected. Now, at that level, you need to actually, it's almost like uh, you, you have to have, you have to play better than that. You have to really bring it, and and especially from his role on that team, to, for them to have overcome the Warriors and their good play. So, uh, but listen. We have our special guest ready to come on the show and discuss, give us more insights into the, uh, the Celtics side of things. So let's bring in Jared Weiss uh, of The Athletic. Let's do make uh, all of us even across the top here. There we go. <laughs> Jared, can you hear us? Oh, yes. All right. We got him. I think you're, uh, you're moving uh, at, this point, at this moment in time in your car. Is that correct? I'm having a very Boston experience right now. I am sitting in bumper-to-bumper traffic on the way to the Cape. So I'm, I'm feeling very in tune to the Boston psyche right now. Nice. Well, for those of you who don't know, Jared and I used to do our podcast together, and now he's at The Athletic full-time doing all sorts of NBA stuff. And then he's he's always got the inside track on what's happening with Celtics. But the title of the show is Why Jalen Brown is Pissed the Celtics. Uh, how accurate would that statement be, Jared? No, I would I wouldn't say that's accurate. He um he's pissed. He's certainly not happy. Obviously, like with I let me rephrase things. People will blow that up. He he is happy to be a Boston Celtic. He loves playing for Boston. You know, one of the things I reported this morning on the Athletic is that like there was a rumor that I didn't even know about until it was brought to my attention um by you know by one of the sources that shot it down for me, which is that. There was a report that Jalen said that he was leaving Boston when his contract ran out in two years, and that was staunchly denied. That is not that is not what he's trying to do right now. Obviously, it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen necessarily, but it's not what he's looking to do. He wants to be a Celtic. He wants to win a championship there next year. That's that's what he's looking for. He's not angling. He's not trying to get traded right now. He wants to stay with the Celtics, and he wants to stay long term. So. He is not pissed at the Celtics. That would I would not call that accurate. But obviously, he doesn't want to be in trade rumors. He's been in them forever. If you're a Celtic, you're probably going to be in them forever. But obviously, there's a difference between Jalen's position and Jason Tatum's position. Jason Tatum is the one that's seen as untouchable. And mm-hmm. Jalen isn't. And that's that's obviously going to annoy him because he's a great player. Wait, did you say Jalen isn't untouchable? Well, no. I mean, they offered him for Kevin Durant, according to Shams. And I think Woj said that too, right? So obviously, he's not untouchable if they're offering him for Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. I'm sorry. And I was almost yeah. thinking Jason. Now Tatum is untouchable. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, they're not including Tatum. Tatum's untouchable. And I mean, we know that, right? Like Tatum is the one with the five-year super max. Jalen is not. Jalen's not even right. on a max. Jalen's now obviously a max player, but he wasn't when they signed him. Do you feel stressed out and unsure what you can do to relax, not just your body, but your mind? You have to try Calm, the number one mental wellness app that gives you the tools you need to improve the way you feel. Start by taking a deep breath, let it out, then download the Calm app and use it to not only clear your mind and be more present, but they've got imaginative sleep stories and daily movement sessions to help you recharge and unwind. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, and for listeners of the show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash bball. Go to calm.com slash bball for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash bball. Jared, I, I got a question for you. In your estimation, don't you think now, obviously this is all entertainment, we're in media, so I'm going to like leave the draft picks alone. Um, just a hypothetical question. Don't you think Jason Tatum for Kevin Durant would help both sides? 
Um, I mean, KD's better than Tatum right now. So I guess right now that would be better. But is like is KD definitely better than Jason Tatum right now? Like that's I think that's it's hard yes. enough to tell. Like okay, you know what? Yes. How much better is KD than Jason Tatum right now? Considering the way KD looks in the playoffs, like is it significant or is it a little bit? I'd say it's it's, somewhere between those two. Uh, I'd say it's significant, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And do you do you think, let's say, two to three years from now, do you think that will still be the case? I'd say that'd probably be the tipping point. Like after those three years, if I had to guess. Okay. So you so you think KD probably until like age, let's say, thirty seven, is going to hold on to his to his prime. I do because I think the shooter that he is will allow his game to age pretty well and just how effortlessly he gets his game off. Maybe defensively he won't be the same and he might be some decline there, but man, as an offensive scorer, I think he's significantly better than Tatum just from an efficiency standpoint and all other kinds of standpoints. And playmaking and game management. I mean, KD yes, yes. KD like the best offensive player in the game right now. You know, you could you could make that argument or stuff or whatever. But the point is, like, KD's at the god tier still as far as his offense is concerned. Oh, um, here's the question. Is there some sort of ticking clock with the Celtics where they feel like they only have a small window or they got to bring him in to, like, win a title or, or not? I don't think so. I haven't gotten that impression just because of, like, their general – their general rotation is still young or in mid prime. Like Horford's the only person that's at risk of aging out and also his contracts running out. So it's like, that's the only guy that I think is a major risk for falling out of usefulness in the near future, but everybody else is mid prime. So, or pre prime. So like, I feel like this team's window is pretty wide open. According yeah. to, according to the CBA, could there be a trade for if, if the Celtics wanted to do it with Tatum and Durant? Yeah, Durant's not on. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, because the only issue would would be like you can't have two guys on that same rookie scale match extension. But Tatum is that guy, so they'd be swapping those. So that wouldn't be a problem from that perspective. But actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, I forgot Simmons is in Brooklyn, so you'd have to. It's just right. like the Bam Adebayo situation in Miami. So you Brooklyn would have to move Simmons. So hey, maybe the Celtics would get Simmons. That would be pretty funny. Well, here's an interesting question. Uh, there's a redundancy in theory between Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant. Um, how how do you see that fitting if they actually made this trade work? I don't think it's a problem just because, like, they're both so great and KD's such a great playmaker. It's like, I mean, KD, KD already does everything Jalen Brown does at a higher level. I mean, Jalen's obviously, like, quicker than he is at this point. But, like, they're kind of they're, – they're pretty similar in the way that they're playing the game to a degree, except KD's just like at a you know further scale in every single area. So I think it would work out great. I mean, I think if it's if it's like just Jalen Brown and Derek White and a couple picks, like I think that's 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 pretty great. If you're including Smart, that's where the you know you're you're losing the DPOI, who's also like an important an important offensive player for them, regardless of how uh, frustrating and <laughs> polarizing his offensive game is. Like you're losing a ton in that trade, but it's still probably worth it because if you think Durant is still that great, which I think he is. Yeah. You, you know, people out there don't know the texts I've been sending Jared for years. <laughs> so out of frustration, because I couldn't say <laughs> publicly, um, but I get it. And we were already talking before you came on how smart actually did play well in the finals and like, wasn't doing the things that make me so frustrated uh, as much, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think if that's the offer, if it's Jalen Brown and Marcus smart, I think, um, uh, the Celtics should take it. Like I, I, that would that should be a no brainer to me. Um, 
they're the ones who obviously are the, the pitch was from the Nets, right? So this is obviously the Celtics saying absolutely not. Yeah. So I, I mean, like a lot of, I talked to several sources that are you know involved in different ways, one way or another with the situation. And they all felt like this news coming out was the Nets trying to revive the market, trying to leak this trade. Cause this trade, it seems like this deal was something that was talked about during the early rounds of negotiations back, like, you know, around summer league or before summer league, you know, and now it's almost end of July. So I think that the market is pretty much slowed down at this point, especially because people are doing their vacations and all that kind of stuff. And so I think Brooklyn's just trying to revive the market by getting this out there. But I'm not surprised the Celtics said no to the smart thing. Like they've got time, they've got leverage on their side. Like I, I don't see why, I don't think they would say yes on that. And really the interesting thing with the Celtics is what's their appetite for throwing in draft picks? Because they've already gone three years without a first and all of their young players are starting to like kind of age out of their rookie deals. And, you know, an important part of sustaining competitive uh, contending is like keeping first round picks coming in through the woodwork. So you can kind of replace the back end of your rotation as guys get more expensive. So I do wonder if the Celtics would rather include one of their core players than give up all their first round picks into the future. That's a great, really great point. And I, I don't think that they need to do anything. They could just stand pat. I love what they did with bringing Malcolm Brogdon in. Um, I, I'm thinking that they're going to ultimately have an interesting uh, decision to make uh, down the stretch in games, uh, how they're going to make Brogdon and Smart work together in a backcourt if, if, if they don't play together, uh, right? And if that means if Horford is going to be on the floor, that's going to be an issue. That's going to be a decision they're going to have to make, don't you think? Well, they always close, or they usually close small. So they usually close with just one of Horford and Rob Williams. Um, and then I, I would assume Brogdon and Smart fit nicely next to each other. I mean, Brogdon's a pretty comprehensive offensive player. I mean, I know his shooting is – he's had two bad shooting seasons in his last three seasons, and those are ones when he's hurt. So it's like the big question is, are his mm-hmm. three-point numbers going to go up if he's healthy? And then, of course, is he going to be healthy? But I don't see any reason why Brogdon and Smart couldn't close next to each other. I mean, White and Smart next to each other worked out pretty well, and Brogdon is a more well-rounded offensive player. So you think it'd be white? Uh, sorry, you think it'd be um, uh, Marcus Smart, uh, Brogdon, uh, Tatum, Brown, and um, and then Horford? Yeah, because I I think Brogdon, at least at his healthiest, is is better than White, but it's pretty close. Mm-hmm. So I, it might just be a mix and match kind of thing. I mean, there All are right. plenty of games where Smart didn't even close. All right, uh, uh, what <laughs> exactly? That's what I'm saying. I'm thinking that they might have to make make a decision that they realize that Brogdon might be the guy they want to close, and Smart would be on the bench. But, um, but we'll see. I don't know. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. But I do like. I think the Brogdon trade was terrific for them, and really does a lot of things that will help them. Wasn't Brogdon a 50 yeah. 40 90 guy at one point? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 He's. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's aside from the ugly, but he gets it to go in. Yeah. Yeah, aside from the two years in Indiana where he was hurt, like he's shot close to 40% from three at like pretty good volume as a Bane guy. It's not like he's like a spot up guy in the corner. Like the dude's on ball most of the time. So like he's when he's healthy, he's a really good player. For sure. Well, listen, Jared, I don't want you to get into an accident and, uh, you know, driving and talking, but I can't thank you enough for joining us and breaking this down. Really great points. Oh, I I can stick around. I can stick around as long as I got service, so I'm, I'm good oh, for a while. All right. Well, I mean, we have – okay, we have a, a super chat we've got to get to, so let's get to that while we're talking. If you want to hang out, sure, sure. Jared, you are you have carte blanche uh, to do whatever you like to do on the while you're playing on the floor with us. So 
Uh, let me. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna throw in a, a question here, and don't forget, sports fans out there on the YouTube side, if you want to get your question uh, up on the screen and answered, super chat is the way to go. And we have a pimp Nate Slickback, who is a friend of the breakdown. Thank you so much for being so generous with uh, with your super chat. And his question here is, or as the comment is, as a Nets fan, I'd take Jalen Brown, Derek White, Grant Williams, and a draft pick for KD. Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons is a good rebuild. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Jared? Yeah, I like that. I mean, if if Brooklyn is not if they're resigned to not getting twenty five draft picks, then that's good. I mean, you got you got a foundational piece in Brown. You have a really good complementary, you know, young uh, player in Grant, who's like kind of an ideal player for a contender to build around, coming as like their sixth man. And then Smart, Smart. So if you think you know if if you think that team is going to work around Ben Simmons, then I, I like the package. I, 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 I wonder really... if they need. Do you think that they need to include a pick if they're going to include, you know, two starters and a and a you know six man or whatever Derek White is? Probably. I mean, the weird thing for Boston is like, is what pick does Brooklyn want? Do they want to pick soon, or do they want to pick off to the future, hoping that the Celtics fall apart later? That's another good question, Jared. You 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 have all the things covered. This is amazing. Um, yeah, I I agree. I think that, you know that's a great deal for for. I mean, the the problem is the Nets are never going to probably feel like they're going to get fair value back for KD. But certainly, if you can get a guy like the, the, those those three guys, I don't think Boston would ever do that. Is that is that safe to say? Probably. I mean, it's tough because like it's, most teams trading the seventh man, it's not that big of a deal. Like it's something you usually do. Like this team is so close to winning and like Grant Williams really improved yeah. last year. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, this isn't just like giving up. You know, it's kind of like how Minnesota threw Jared Vanderbilt into that deal. Like Jared Vanderbilt, it made sense for them to move him because he was going to be, he was going to be thrown down the depth chart because of Rudy Gobert arriving and cat sliding to the four more. So it's like Grant Williams would still be an important part of the team, but you have KD at the four, you already oh, have, have Al Horford. It's really Forget more of a long-term me. play with Grant. I, I, you know what? I somehow I read that as Robert Williams. So that for never mind me saying that. So people think I'm crazy. I, I thought that was Robert Williams. I was like, okay, this is not that wouldn't they wouldn't do that deal. Okay, so let, so let me flip that back. Sorry, absolutely, that would be a deal that Boston would love to do. I'm sure, but I don't. Yeah, the Nets would never do that, right? Like they would never take Grant and Derek White back. Uh, forget, or they would certainly need at least that one pick. So forgive me, I might have sound crazy. Does that happen to you where you're reading Grant Williams and you see and you think you're thinking Robert Williams instead? <laughs> no, I guess not. Something about that uh, look for money to me. But anyway, imagine imagine the problem OKC is going to have with Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams. That's going to be an issue. Oh wow! Yes, yeah. that is an issue. <laughs> well, I guess someone's going to be initials and the other person's going to be not. Um, we have some more super chats. Should we get to those? We might as well because people are. Uh, we got to get to them when they do. Them. Let's see the next one. Let me scroll here. We have from Jason. Um, here it is. So, Jason, thank you so much, Jason Kelly. Celtics have leverage. Good team. They can say no. That's his comment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, Jared, would you say it's safe to say that everybody here has leverage over in the Nets at this point in the summer? Yeah, so, probably. I think just the Celtics. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. Go ahead. All right. Sorry, I, I lost you before when you were trying to ask me about it. Probably. So, the Celtics have the most leverage just because they're they're all, like right now they're the Vegas favorite to win the title. So it's like they don't they're the team that needs to make this trade trade the least out of everybody that could be involved. So I think that's why they just have even more leverage. 
For sure, for sure. And I think that, you know, once you have to announce that a team, a player wants to be traded, then it, it makes it harder, I, suppose, I suspect, for the other the team, for the Nets. So, um, actually, let me ask you this, Jared. Who do you think, uh, where do you think he's going to go? I don't know because, I mean, I just assume Toronto is the best candidate because they have the pieces, they have the financial flexibility that Miami does not have. So, because, like, Miami's package of with Tyler Hero is not, I don't think it's that enticing. I like Hero, but, like, you need a player that's way more substantial than that to be able to get KD. And I like a package around, like, Siakam and Ojananobi and Gary Trent, but I think that's, like, such a massive price for Toronto to pay with those three guys. It's kind of the same thing we're talking about with the Celtics. Like, would you really include, I mean, that package, that's kind of like saying including, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and you know, Rob Williams or Derek White, you know, it's like, that's, that's a huge yeah. price there. Um, and you're breaking down your, your, like if Toronto makes that trade, they're taking a huge bet that Scotty Barnes is ready to contribute at a high level. Cause you've got to win right away. And they obviously, they don't want to trade Scotty Barnes. just like Celtics don't want to trade Jason Tatum. So it's like, if Toronto has to throw in like three, like basically three starters to bring in Durant, I don't know if that team is definitely better than like Boston and Milwaukee to clearly win the title. So right. it's really hard for Toronto. Like Toronto is like Toronto has to hold their ground because I think if they have to give up like or, or throw in a ton of draft picks, like that's those are their options. But like if Toronto has to include three guys, I don't know if they're going to be good enough. I hear it. That, that that was we talked about in the last show was that like what you have left isn't really good enough to compete. So why would you destroy that when you have something nice going and young and and cheaper and all that stuff? So uh, I, I agree. I think the answer is New Orleans. I think that's the uh, they, they want. Yeah, they want Ingram. That's what they would want. And that's who I would want if I were the Nets. I want Ingram, another starter and a, and a pick or two. And I'd be then call it a day. And they got so well. I mean, New Orleans would their path the way is Ingram and then like six draft picks, and they're happy to pay that price. And that's why I'm kind of surprised they're not emerging as one of the favorites to get him. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I think Nets described what they wanted, which was like an under twenty five All Star. That's pretty much only Ingram, I think. So, um, you know, that's that's what they would, uh, you know, that makes the most sense to me. Uh, imagine Zion and KD and um, CJ. That's a fun team. I don't know. Does that compete for like the conference finals? Probably, right? With the healthy Zion, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if Zion's good to go, like that team is horrifying for sure. I mean, that <laughs> team—if they—if they can have the magic that they had last year, and then you're adding in two superstars, like yeah, that's a bona fide contender right there. And I think for them, it's like you know, as good as Ingram is. I think Ingram is in that same category as Jalen Brown, where like you think he's probably going to be the number two on a contending team, but you don't necessarily think he's going to be the number one. So if you could put two number ones together there and you go from a team that like maybe has a chance to get into contention or like guaranteed as a contention, I think that's a that's a bet you have to make, especially because they have like they can get rid of a massive pile of picks and still be fine with draft picks. It's different than the Celtics situation where like they're already there, they're already the favorite to do it. And if they surrender all these picks, then they got no picks. And if this fails and they're completely screwed and they're in the situation that Brooklyn is in right now. Absolutely. Well, that sums it up perfectly. Um, I think, I think that's, I don't know. I, I think we've uh, expired all of the questions we have for you, Jared. That I mean, you've done it so well and, and covered every base. So uh, well, appreciate awesome. you guys. Always oh, great to, uh, to talk to you, Jared, as well. Uh, what are you working on now that we're going to see soon? Oh, God. I have no idea. Um, well, uh, uh, tomorrow in the Athletic, I think, uh, we'll have, like, a roundtable with our uh, with Jay King, our other Celtics writer, and 
Alex Schiffer, our Nets writer, just kind of covering all the bases of the saga. So, you know, we'll have plenty more Kevin Durant stuff. And, uh, all right. you know, it's it's late July. There's not much to talk about. So shout out to uh, KD and the Nets for giving us a ton to talk about. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And tell Jade, I hope he's diving on the bo- on the ground for loose balls all over the place and getting hurt. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. How- and uh, Jared, well, as always, we'll, t- we'll catch up with you later. But I appreciate you coming on. This is great. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, brother. Thanks, um, all righty. We have some more Super Chats. Let's get to them. We got new Doughboy. Uh, sorry, not new Doughboy. NBW Doughboy. Excuse me. I don't know what NBW. Oh, nothing but wins. Wouldn't Kyrie have to get backs in L.A. to play? Now, I live in L.A., so I should know this. Um, you know, the mask mandate is now coming back, apparently, in the next – maybe it was yesterday or soon or the end of this week. They're going to have a mask mandate again. Um so I, I, and I, you know, I don't remember if this vaccination thing for performers and arenas still exists, but it probably does. Like, I think I would have heard that they rescinded that. So, yeah, this is an interesting issue uh, that they're going to have to figure out because they don't want to go through this again. And we know that Kyrie is not going to get vaxxed. So, um, yeah, I, I, as a result, you know, remember, remember when Kyrie wanted to get traded? Yeah, that's still a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, basketball-wise, I think L.A. makes the most sense. But I think you might be right, Coach Nick, because didn't Wiggins have to get vaccinated to play there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. in California and in yeah, England State. And he did. Um, you know, and it, obviously they want to try and figure out how to do a Russ and, and get Kyrie over to L.A. Mm-hmm. But like that would have to be a three-team deal because I don't think the Nets would ever want to get anywhere near Russ. Um, mm-hmm. And then three-team deals are hard, man. That's a real hard thing. And I don't know if, if anybody could pull it off. I guess it's the Lakers, but, you know, uh, they don't have much. And, again, we're going through the whole – and, listen, Taylor Horton-Tucker, sure he's a great teammate. He had some promise, but it's like we're going through the same thing where it's like they must feel like he is a starter or as good as a starter on a team to try and, you know, package him as if that's going to be the, the thing that moves the deal, and it's just not. Yeah, you mentioned Westbrook. This has actually been on my mind um, a lot. Uh, on a veteran's minimum contract, right? Not the current contract he's on. What to, what teams do you feel like he could help right now? The uh, Russ? Yeah. We did this, didn't we? Um, oh, we did this already? I feel like we did. But, yeah. uh, you know, it would have to be a team that doesn't have a point guard, I guess, right, that can, you know, dominate, which is, you know, there's some teams that can do that. Um, and, it, yeah, and you, I think you were saying it's like it's a 500 team at best. Or maybe I was saying that somebody was saying. That. Right. Not not a contender, but not a tanking team. Yeah. Which is sort of what we had in OKC. So maybe go back to OKC. No, <laughs> I don't know. I think they want I think they actually I, I think they're too good to tank, but I think they'll actually try and take at the same time. Yeah. Well, obviously, they want Wembenyama, which we have to speak about because I have a video in a drop after this. So nice. a lot of people on the show just want you to know I've got it all uploaded, ready to go. Pretty good title. Uh, so you guys got to watch it. So I expect to have 747 views of this video as soon as we go uh, dark here and I make it live in a, in a little bit after the uh, live show. Uh, also, if you want to watch live shows, I for, for business reasons, I got to make these things unlisted after, after they're done. But I'll what I'll probably do is drop links to them, you know, hours later in the community so you can watch them uh, as an unlisted video. And then I'm going to probably just rip them and post them on my podcast side. So you can always listen to these as audio podcasts there as well, which would be great to do if you want it that way on all podcast platforms you have. Just to throw it out there. I know someone was asking about that earlier, but we have another um, another super chat we got to get to from Zach Attack. Let's get uh, is everybody named Zach called Zach Attack? I'm pretty sure that happens when you're growing up, right? Like everyone I knew who was Zach was Zach Attack, right? I never heard that before. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Um, we I, when I coached my kid's seven-year-old team, there was a Zach on that team. And he was definitely Zach Attack. Anyway, thank you so much, Zach. Uh, and do we already talk about this? Is this is a, some famous football player? 
No, it's not. It kind of looks like one of them, but I don't think that's actually him. Okay. Any something, anytime, something, place. All right. I honestly think a package of Brown, White, and Grant Williams plus pick works. The best package Phoenix can offer is Bridges, Cam Johnson, and five picks. Well, yeah, I mean, now that they have their, they've re-signed uh, Aiden, because I think that wasn't Aiden part of the original talks or not? I think so, yeah. They officially signed him. And I think I talked about this yesterday on my Magic podcast. Mikel Bridges' package is not enough. Like, that's definitely not enough. So I agree with Zach Attack there. Yeah, I mean, I love Cam Johnson, actually. And I, Bridges is going to keep developing and, and be good. Um, but he he showed that there's, you know, he needs to get better still. But um, – but the leap that the leap that Jalen Brown could take in his future, I just feel like his potential is a lot higher than Mikel Bridges, right? Maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I I think that his ceiling is higher anyway, but I'm not sure there's a much much bigger leap. I mean, hmm. he's he's good. Jalen Brown. Listen, I've already talked about this ad nauseum. I like Jalen Brown like better than Tatum, and Tatum did not come through in the finals as much as they needed him to uh, finishing. He shot well from the three point line, but he really struggled in and around the basket for with all the same issues we've seen him in the past. Um, and Brown, I thought, had probably more sustainable, good stretches. Um, so I've always liked Brown better. So I, I'm kind of with you. If, if I was going to trade for KD, I'd almost say, like, trade Tatum instead and do it that way and keep Brown. The fans would not – I agree with you. Obviously, you heard – you know that I agree with you, but I think the fans are not having that, right? Yeah. Right. No, it's a, it's a hot take. We need some sort of, you know, effect, special effect with flames on the screen. Right. To say that. But um, anyway, but I, I, but so Brown, White and Grant Williams. So, my, man, when I saw that and thought Robert Williams, I was like, what is going on? Like, why would the Celtics ever do that? But if the Nets, if the Celtics could, could, could give up Brown, White and Grant Williams in a pick, sure, they should do that. I mean, you know, but again, only if they feel like there's some sort of window that's closing in a couple of years, they got to kind of do it. But then what they've also learned was I'm sure when they when those guys got the final, the conference finals three or four years ago, whatever that was, remember they went on that run when they were like rookies and second year players, they probably thought, oh, we're going to have 10, 12 years of this. And then they went through the wilderness for a few years and realized, you know, this window is never that wide open ever. So that might be what they would do. So, yeah. And and as a result, get back to the original question to button like this before we get to Wembenyana. And by the way, is it Vembanyana? Do I all of a sudden hear someone right. doing it? Wemby. Wemby. Just right, say Wemby. Yeah. I swear I heard on one of the clips uh, from EuroLeague that they were saying Vembanyana. I was like, oh, no, please don't do this for me. But I already recorded it. I don't want to redo it. It's that. Anyway. Well, it's like it's like Wagner and Wagner, right? Like, I think over there they say Wagner instead of right. Wagner. Well, yeah, but that's the German version. And he's only French. So, in mm, theory, it should yeah. be double. Anyway, before we get to that, but um, to, to bring this full circle is, yes, uh, you know, Brown, I'm sure, it should be celebrating the summer and and feeling accomplished and and satisfaction for what they accomplished. And uh, instead, you know, he's got to go through another, you know, several months and everyone asking about it. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be frustrating. But I would suspect uh, they'll sit down. Uh, Ime is probably going to call him or already has called him. Uh, they're going to go have, you know, um, you know, uh, a nice dinner, a nice Italian dinner, have some good wine like Pop would do. And um, and then smooth that all out, and I'm sure he'll be he'll he'll be fine by the time you know once that ball is uh, is tossed up. You know what my take is? What? That made me hungry. Oh yeah, I didn't eat breakfast this morning either, so I'm ready. I didn't get my Cheerios. <laughs> oh, you know, we saw Chris is out there in the chat. Should we try and see if Chris wants to come on the show for a minute? Yeah, we haven't let's... talked to him in a long time. You have the way to get to. Oh, actually, I have the way to get to him. Say something while I hit this button and invite whatever. Victor Wembinyama yes. is the best NBA prospect 
in the past 10 years, maybe not named Luka Doncic, in my opinion. Wow. Um, Say it again. Wemby is the best NBA prospect in the last 10 years. And I'm okay. not, I'm, I'm not mad if somebody argues Luca. Okay. So. No. Okay. I, I can go. I, I totally understand. And yes, uh, you know, I can get it when you watch like what they're sharing on, I, I'm assuming you've seen more clips than what you've seen on this, what they're sharing on Twitter. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Cause I went through a deep dive to break it down and it's not a negative video at all, but for it's to say that, but, but it is a video that makes it clear. He's not ready right now to play in the NBA. Thank goodness he's got another year in a, in a lower league to develop the things he needs to develop, which he should be able to get closer. So, um, Chris, if you're out there, I emailed you. I hope uh, it was you, the link. Um, so here's my take on that. Uh, obviously, so first of all, he moves better than Chet. Yes. He's quicker and more mobile, more laterally quick. It's, it's crazy you said that because I think he's super Chet. And I think Chet's going to be all NBA players. So that just tells you what I think about Wemby. Right. And I'm, I remember I've said this, I'm 50-50 on Chet, you know, being really good or not, which means there's half the possibility in my mind that he can. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, they went up against each other. There's some footage I found at right. some point, And I think Wembenyana, like, kind of handled him a little bit from what I saw. Again, it was highlights, so they didn't get the whole game. But, um, it, by the way, that's going to be really, really weird to watch because you know they're going to guard each other, right? Unless he goes unless he goes to OKC. Oh, and they're on the same team. Now, right now, here's what's interesting. Wembenyama is playing on a team, um, ASVL, with uh, another 7-3 player who's much yeah. older or whatever. And I was like, wait a minute, that guy looks just like the same height. And by the way, he might, uh, uh, Victor might end up being like 7'5 by the time he gets there, or 7'6 by the time he gets to the NBA. Hey, right? I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if he's close to it right now. Did you see him next to Chet in those pictures? Uh, well, what I had seen was like probably a year or two ago, right? So those weren't recent, but did you see something more recent? Or I know? mean, Chet was seven foot at that point, and they were yeah. standing together, and it really looks like Wemby has three inches or four inches on him yeah, already. He's then, right? Go, go, yeah. Google that picture as we talk. Say, yeah, Wemby I, think had... I did see that picture, but um, but yeah, I, I did because I remember now it was, it was like four players standing next to each other, right? Right, and, and one of the players, Edie, is actually like seven five, right? And Wemby was right there. Oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. No, I mean, well, it, it, uh, Wembenyana was next to the guy next to Wembenyana is supposed to be like seven three, and he's at least two inches taller than him, right? Exactly. That's what I'm seeing. Exactly. And uh, and this was not recent. This was like uh, at least a year ago, right? Right, right. Yeah, like so, he, yeah. he'll there's a good chance he's going to get to seven four, seven five, and then you start to worry about the injury side of things. But his upside is so high that. You yeah. have to draft them at one. Right. And it's and it, listen, his three point percentage is, is like 27% in the Euro League. It was not good, but it looks the shot looks good. Yeah, the form is good. There's 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 obviously um rhythm issues about when he's getting it up, but he's got a nice quick release. He hops into his shot a lot. I really love to see that. Uh and you know, but, listen, when you see a guy who can cross over and spin at the three-point line and then it and then be at the basket when you're done spinning. <laughs> you know, and shooting an offhand lefty little, he missed the shot I included, but it was like an in and out. It was good touch. Like those are the moments where you're like, whoa. And then he actually can pass. He's got that same gene that Chet does as far as like, you know, seeing the floor, being willing to pass. He's not, he's still got work to do on that, obviously. He has work to do of everything. But with another year and he gets the proper training and his knees and the valgus, he's got to fix that big time or else he's going to have some injury issues as well. 
Um, yeah, I, I get it. But um, so I just want to, you know, it's a good one. Here's what's going on. Here's why they're excited. Here's what he has to work on. Um, I, hopefully everybody out there will watch it. But let's bring on Chris because uh, we haven't talked to Chris in a long time and he's always uh, worth the chat. What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on? Doing good. How are you guys doing? He's featuring the 87 NBA Finals. You weren't alive during the 87 NBA Finals, man. I know. I was was in high school watching that. (laughs) Sonny, what's up? I haven't talked to her in, uh, let's see, since 1990. What year is it? 2022? So it's been 32 years since I even said her name. So anyway, I remember being at that because 87 was the first of the the back-to-back, I think, for the Lakers, right? Oh, right? Yeah. Lakers mm. won in 88, and they were gonna do they were gonna do the first three Pete in 89. Oh, okay. And okay. Magic and Byron uh got both got uh hammies and uh and then versus the Pistons. The Pistons? Yeah. By the yeah. way, I, the Lakers, I think, would have they got the Lakers got swept in that one, but I really feel like they would have beaten them if they were healthy. But mm. what are you gonna do? Anyhow, <laughs> cool hat. Where'd you get that hat? Why are you wearing that hat? Um, it's one of my favorites. I just got it. Got it from Urban Outfitters. Ooh. Urban Outfitters is selling that right now in the store. Yeah, yeah. Or online. Yeah, either one. Right. Good for them. Good for them. All right. Well, what's uh what's your take on whatever we've been talking about this far? Um, well, you guys I hopped in when you guys were talking about should Jalen uh, Brown be Katie? taking this personal? How about that? <laughs> no, he shouldn't. I don't think he should. Um well, maybe a little bit just because they got to the finals. <laughs> but, like, um, he's not being mentioned. Like, he's not being traded for, like, scrubs. He's getting traded. It, it, he's being mentioned with guys who are top top seven players, like, in the world. Like, going back to when he was being shopped for possibly, like, Kawhi and, and Paul George and Jimmy Butler, like, those type of guys, like, these are like really good players and they're all arguably better than him. Um, so it's like, how can you, you can feel some type of way, but like Kevin Durant is arguably one of the, arguably the best player in the world. Like if I'm right. being traded for him, there's only uh, the team is supposed to inquire about something like that. Yeah. So. I mean, there is some notion of a, t- a young team that gets to the finals. They should be, you know, like the next year they come in ready to like they'll win 65 games and they'll just hammer everybody. And like the, the, they have the glow. Yeah, that's not a guarantee. Right. The progression isn't always linear. Like look at the suns kind of thing. Right. Yeah, no, fair enough. So, but you, but you know, you'd hope that that would be the, your your progression, and then you kind of interrupt it with like, like uh, you know, the the record scratch, and you're like, ah, what, like, why are you doing this to me? But uh, you know, it might be one of those motivating things. J- Jalen Brown's gonna be like, I'm gonna show all you guys how dare you consider trading me. I'm gonna be better than Kevin Durant, whatever. Uh, so that might yeah. actually work out. Uh, you know, in this day and age of people wanting to, you know, the, but the whole notion of you know chemistry is important. Um, but I, I suspect, I would hope. That Ime has called him, that, um, you know, Jason Tatum has called him. Like, they all rallied around. They've all decided to really lift him up and make him feel good about it so that they, it won't be an issue. But, uh, again, like I said this before, I'm sure you know, once the game starts and that you're sweating, that goes away. That's not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's going to bother you as much. Not oh, as much as, like, a, a serious thing in your own life that's going on that's, like, you've seen players get affected by. But this is you, probably not it. I agree with you that on the court it might not affect you, but it could affect – your decision to stay in Boston, maybe in the future, if you have that decision. Wait, that's true. But like the whole money thing with, let's say if Jalen makes an all NBA, he just needs to make one of them, one of the teams in the next two years until his contract, he'll be eligible for like a super max. So the money is just like so much. It's like, how can you say no to that? Right. 
did did I see a tweet or did, am I getting uh, it's not barstooled? What's the uh, the count? Ball sack? That, am I getting ball sack? Did I see a tweet that said something like Kevin Durant had talked to Kyrie about Boston and has no desire to go there? Yeah, that's ball sack. That's, that's right. not true. That's not true. Well, didn't John Moran say he cooked Michael Jordan on that? On that? Uh, yeah, that was fake right? too. Yeah, so of course, of, of of course, that was fake. That got blasted on social. Yeah. And I thought no, that, that, ESPN ESPN took that and ran with it. That yeah, was crazy. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Anyhow, we have a super chat. Let's get to that one while Chris is with us, too, because it's a good point. Daryl Wallace, thank you so much for being so generous today. Uh, really appreciate it. And in the picture there, he seems he really wants to know the answer. Uh, could a trade involving JB for KD set Boston back? I like Jalen way more than Tatum and would even say he's the better player. KD, despite being good, is way too paranoid and maybe on his way down. Wow, no, uh, we need this game thrower uh, on the effect on the screen. I'm not, mad. I'm not mad at his Jalen take. I'm not mad at that at all. A being better than Tatum, I'm not mad at it. So, well, I mean, yeah. listen. So it's also a fit thing. Like if if KD going to Boston does does it make him better? So like if you if you switch Jalen and 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 KD in the finals that we just watched, do do the Celtics win? Probably. Right? Yeah, I think so. so. It's like. I even honestly, I think if they have Brogdon in that series, there's a good chance they could win. Like just add Brogdon to add 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 a healthy Brogdon to that team. It'd be tougher. It'd be a little bit tougher. It's just like the whole who do who do they put Wiggins on? Do they put him on Durant or do they put him on Tatum? And whoever they don't put him on, that guy is just gonna kill. I guess the only oh. argument is is that the Warriors offense would just flow a lot better, right? Like that's kind of like the what argument. What do you mean? There. Because like when you have, yeah, when you have like two ISO scorers like Jason Tatum and mm -hmm. KD, sometimes offense doesn't flow as well as you would want it to. Like, yeah, but the Warriors, the playoffs, the War right? yeah. yeah, like they have more top end talent, but the Warriors have a nicer like play style right. and fit. And, and, and let's not forget what unlocked the Celtics was the ball movement, the driving and That's kicking. Right. All of a sudden, started doing. I never, I still haven't figured that out. I should have asked Jared, although I've asked him on the text privately what what happened, what they do. Uh, but you know that was pretty stark. I did a video on that, uh, and that, it, and and that was also um, Tatum like trimming those down too. That goes yeah. away. I, I don't think when KD went to the Warriors the first time, he wanted the ball movement, and we saw a lot of that the first year. And then from yeah, that on, the was, I, I don't think he's into that anymore. I don't think you know, and I know he wants to get traded, but you're not going to hear him say, "I want to get traded to a team that moves the ball a whole lot." Like I don't think he's going to say that. I don't K know if that's true. KD always wants what he doesn't have. Ah. Okay. Well, what does he not have that he's not getting in Brooklyn? I don't know, but he'll find something. That he, right. That don't want it. <laughs> it is weird. Do we ever dissect that? Do we ever come down to the real, like, you know, is it Kyrie to request a trade? So he felt like he needed to request a trade or what? No, was I think it was the supposedly the Nets didn't want to offer Kyrie a long-term contract, obviously, because you can't really rely on him. So like, why would, as an organization, why would you they're, offer they're, a guy they're, that, they're, there are reports saying that the Nets don't even know why. Why he's requesting trade. for a trade? Yeah. I mean, who really knows? But at the end of the day, like, KD probably feels like he can't win there. And right. he may just be frustrated with the whole situation. Even though you can't be mad at a situation that you asked for everything and they gave you everything. And that part I just don't really agree with. Like, how you, you asked for everything. They gave you everything you wanted. And... A new coach, players, everything. They traded for your friend, Harden, all that. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I'm good. I want to leave now. It's like well, he, as an organization, it's like uh, maybe he hung, started hanging around with Ben Simmons. Although maybe. you know, maybe he's like, you know, this isn't going to work. But I, did I just see clips of Ben Simmons playing on the court and like running around and looking good? Or is that another? That may be an old one. I haven't seen any new clips of him. Okay. Yeah, really? I don't know. My, my, I, this is how bad it is for me. I can barely work. My brain is completely shut down. I guess it's the doldrums of the summer. But, um, man, it's been hard, and I can't figure out what I'm watching or what I'm learning. Daryl has another super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, why are we asking if Boston would win if JB were replaced with KD and not if Tatum were replaced? Tatum did not play well at all. If I'm Boston, I try to partner Kevin Durant and Jalen, which is sort of what we were saying, too. So but- let's, you know. Yeah, but it's like you're kind of neglecting the reason why Tatum didn't play well. You could argue that we we have to give more credit to Wiggins. He played a f- defensively was phenomenal on mm-hmm. on Tatum. It's yeah. the the thing is that you if you replace KD with with Tatum, they could still probably lose. They, like the chances of them losing is probably still a little bit higher than it is if you were to replace Tatum. I mean uh, Brown with KD, like because KD. And Tatum, offensively, your ceiling is higher at where they are in their careers, skill wise, and stuff like that. Getting a shot off versus elite defenses mm-hmm. as playmakers, they're both higher than where Jalen is. Jalen, it as of right now, maybe due to his, he's still trying to get over his wrist injury and stuff like that. He isn't the best dribbler. He can only dribble like one, two, spot up. That's not a number one option on a on an offense right now to try to win a finals. He's really good as a number two and they could, they can still maybe win uh, if he makes those improvements with his handle and stuff like that and is able to dribble in traffic. Right. But based off what we saw, if you just switch them out, the Celtics win with, with Tatum and Katie, and you could argue that the Warriors could still win with um, either way. You could argue Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your ceiling is higher with, you know, the two better offensive players, right? I I like the fit of Jalen and Durant better than Tatum and Durant. Also, I think in transition, Jalen Brown is a difference maker, too. That's true. But how many opportunities are you going to have in those those games, right? At the end of the shot clock, end of the games, no. But but like for like the first 46 minutes, there are a lot of those opportunities and those add up. Yeah, I, I think the fit is an important thing that when you're talking about like the conference finals and the finals, like that's important because otherwise you're going to get two guys standing around isoing. Uh, and, you know, a good defensive team can do some things. I mean, listen, we saw what a good defensive team could do to KD on the Nets, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. J- Jalen no. Brown gets buckets when he the, the, the defense doesn't have a chance to load up on Jalen Brown. Like they can with yeah, because he's usually weak side. He's usually getting on swings and he's attacking closeouts and stuff like that. Secondary option. He's a great fit. Really good. Really good as a second option. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I I have no doubt that Tatum could be a a complimentary as well. And you know, KD not not as much, but like I think that Tatum could probably handle that. He gets some more catch and shoot stuff or whatever. Maybe maybe trim some of the things that don't work so well for him off. But the bottom line is his finishing at the basket was really troubling. And uh, yeah, that could be one the shoulder maybe possibly yeah and if you replace kd with him on that end like he's gonna kd's gonna make a lot more of those shots and that changes things too does does kd pressure the rim like he used to i feel like he pulls up more now for like short range no, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. want that smoke. he doesn't he, does. he, he never <laughs> really wanted any kind of like physicality down there at all and so well, he like, didn't have to but what do you think about the whole kd thing about his just shot profile like it, they're it, official it shots easy. for him yeah, it was easier for the Celtics to guard him just because they know he wants mid-range shots. If he were just to change his shot profile and just take more 
threes. The more space you have to operate and stuff like that, harder to double, there's more space, longer to close out and stuff like that. If he were just to change it, because he can shoot from there. We all know he can shoot from there. He just doesn't take those shots. So it's easier for the defense to send help. It's really hard to criticize Kevin Durant's shot, you know. <laughs> it is because he's still so efficient, but just with You're the talking shots about that at the, at the, you know, in the playoffs, you know, at the height of this, where maybe all of a sudden you don't shoot as well from that mid-range as you did against the lesser teams in the regular season. And, yes, yeah, suddenly there's a premium on those threes. You know, yeah, he's never taken – he took five and a half threes per game in Brooklyn last year. Uh, and then the playoffs, did that say the same? Let's see. Uh, it went down slightly to 5.3. Uh, you know, I would think that a guy like that um, who shoots – Shooting 10, right? Yeah, he, he should be at least closer closer to ten, you know. So, which is basically like almost double what he's doing. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we have another super chat. Let's get that one up. We, we have it from Braun. Um, thank you so much from Canada. Hey, coach, what do you think about the the, the Chet Andre Kirilenko defensive comparison? Hmm. I mean, here's the problem. I don't remember Andre Kirilenko as a defender when he was really young. I remember him in his prime, and you know, I don't know if I see that uh, yet from Chet. But let's let me think about that. Uh, what do we? What do you guys think? I think that Chet protects the rim better than Andre, but Andre was better at sliding his feet on the perimeter than Chet. And I do think they're both elite defenders. Yeah. Chet will be, and Andre was. There's a similarity to their movement patterns as well, to some degree. I mean, Andre, had, it was really long for his body, right? I, well, how tall was he? 6'9", maybe 6'10", probably? Around there, yeah. Ch Chet no. has a nicer look at jump shot, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah, trying, yeah. Gosh, I got to really rack my brains for Kirilenko's jump shot. But yeah, it was uh, two motion probably and stiff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I get to think about it. Yeah. So, I mean, effective wise, I think you can see, I mean, Kirilenko was a disruptor and I, I Chet can very well be as well. He just got to be careful about getting pushed off his positions, uh, getting off balance, feet in different positions where he can't elevate well enough to, to have that. Yeah. Effect. His, his weight is, is going to be an issue defensively. I I think guys are going to be able to move him very easily off off spots and stuff like that. Yeah, and and but by the way, we've seen that's the thing about Wembenyama that I saw was there are moments when he does they try and they can dislodge him, and then he is a really quick jumper and can recover and still block that shot or contest it well. I haven't seen that from Chet as much. Chet seems to kind of go down uh, and doesn't can't quite recover quickly enough to do that. But again, that's also more about. Um, you know, just developing. So those are the things where you're like, okay, that's not an issue three years from now, right? Like eventually that's going to, that should go away. So I'm not going to like hold it over his head completely, but we're talking about next year. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. What do you think Franz Wagner is a better comparison for Andre Karolinko? Franz is a smoother offensive player, but he's not the defender that Andre it was, even though he's a solid defender himself. Yeah. Do you think he can get there? Man, Andre was like a real difference maker defensively. Like he was like one of the top defenders in the league. I don't know if yeah. Franz has that. I'm ceiling. really high on Franz Wagner. Franz got Franz really got some good. like euros in the lane. Like he got yeah. a lot of he got a lot He's of very skilled for his age. He got I, a lot yeah, I've been threatening to do a video on him for a year and a half, and I haven't done it. And uh, and I, so I certainly haven't like studied his defense at all. But um, maybe I'll do that next. Or well, his, his his defense was highly touted. Coming touted. Out that college. was like. Yeah, that yeah. was his thing coming out. But, but he didn't show that he didn't show the craft he now shows in the NBA that he showed. Oh, he's out. a he is a and bad he's a good man. ball handler too. He's yeah. a bad man. There's no question. He has got he makes he can and make guys look silly. Orlando's gonna be really fun. Have watch. you yeah, have you guys seen Paulo open run videos? Like that looks like a creative player. 
Oh, and that's the other one. Yeah. So maybe I, 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 I've done this before. The most fun team in the NBA, and it's going to be the Magic, and we'll do that. It I'll is. Do that next. And I'll, I'll show some Paulo highlights. We'll show some Franz Wagner. Who else am I missing right now? Because I, have, I haven't watched the Magic in like a year. Cole Anthony, RJ yeah. Hampton. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully Mar- Suggs can make a jump. Markel Fultz is a really good player, even though he doesn't shoot it well. Yeah. yeah and it's just man. fun to cheer for him. So Jonathan uh, Isaac, if he comes back healthy. Yeah. Uh, is uh, Mo mm-hmm. still there? Yep. He yeah, he is. He he's, a, he's, a, he's a backup, though. He's going right. to be a backup for them. All right. We got another. We got some more Super Chats. And Sean Jones, thank you so much. For, uh, really generous. My goodness gracious, we need to give you a T-shirt or something. But uh, do you think we're – did you get your shirt, Chris? Yes, I did. It's actually – in the in the hamper right now i've been wearing it too much it got oh, wow. <laughs> uh do you think that we're slowly moving to the point where playing a traditional center is too much of a defensive liability i noticed how dallas exploited ayton and how the warriors kind of forced boston to sit williams thoughts uh, thoughts so here's the thing obviously there's you know the one thing about playing a traditional center uh, defensively is that, yes, if you switch and they got to deal with a, an isolation, which is what everyone's going to do, they can kill you. So, yeah, you want to play small. So I think that you're going to the teams are not going to go small to start the game. Like we saw like the Warriors did it in the finals a couple of years ago. Remember, like they would just go small from the get go. I just don't yeah. know if teams are willing enough to do that right from the start and commit to that the whole entire season. We, I guess the only example we had with the Rockets with uh, Harden and Russ, right? Yeah, you put miles on those players having to guard other teams' bigs and stuff like that. It can wear wear your guys down. So you really can't do it for the whole season. So is it? By the way, maybe that is the advantage. Maybe you start out really small and use that advantage, and then you bring the big guy in off the bench, and he can start hammering the second teams, getting offensive rebounds, kickouts for threes, the best threes there are, um, and and that kind of thing, and maybe blocking some shots against the second unit stuff because you won't have. Right. In theory, you won't have all of your top notch ISO A plus guys to go at him if he's playing off the bench like that. I don't know. Is that crazy? Maybe. But like, how did that work? Well, I guess the Rockets didn't have a guy to come off the bench who could do that. So. Right. It would have used them. If they yeah, had because they traded everyone. The bench. Uh, I, mean, I mean, listen, when Aiden got drafted first, I was scratching my head. And I, and I really like Aiden. I totally get why he's good and why that he helps them. But, you know, I, I don't understand why that guy, even, you know, three or four years ago, that was still the premium pick you know the pick you would want is the guy like kd or like Wembenyama, no wings or like yeah. you want a three and d or right. Luka Doncic in that draft That's yeah and, yeah that was and they had his 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 slovenian coach on the right so the paulo luca uh k cunningham those are the guys who i would want yeah. first um those are the guys who have size they can handle the ball they could shoot hopefully um, you know what I mean, and and Luca is also Luca K. They're all in that same that that's the, the one you want, and yet they're not going first. It's very strange. Paulo this year, I think one of the reasons why they drafted Paulo this year was because of that reason. Like he's of the mold of the league's best players. Yeah, and yeah, he five, could. Five, yeah, five. exactly. He could be a number one option. You could see him and Orlando. If you get Chet, if you get Jabari, it's not as it's. I guess it's a little bit more uncertain. Mm-hmm. Paolo, especially it, like I and I think I said this like during the workouts, they they probably seen something that set him right. apart from the other way, two guys. Shame on you for not man- mentioning Jalen Suggs. No, I did. Uh, he did. You did. Oh, I totally yeah, missed yeah. That. Like, that. He's the top of <laughs> why they're the most fun team. Um, yeah. You know, in fact, I had some fun. I, I, I no one you watched. Go, please go back and watch the LeBron video I did on on um, Drew League. It's very strange that no one watched that video. But um, I, I mean, listen, the title was 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 flaming hot. But um, 
I, I and I, I as I'm showing LeBron push the guy in the air, but we, then I he, I show the one where he pushes Jalen Suggs in the air too. Um, Very dangerous. But but just reminding me, like Suggs was just you know flying all over the place with exuberance and young energy, and it's like it was so fun to watch that uh, this past year. And I think he's getting more adjusted to the speed. He'll be better next year. He looked really good in summer league last year. He yeah, really yeah, he good. did. Yeah. He did. He was a yeah. little disappointing in a year, but yeah, I think he'll yeah. be okay. His defense wasn't in disappointing though. He played really good defense this mm-hmm. year when he played. Yeah. No. Okay. So that's that's my next move for my. I'm doing a video on the magic. That's it. I'm going to do it. We have another super chat for uh, Sid Day. Thank you so much. And this is an interesting um, uh, monetary measure. I don't know what that is. Do you guys know what that symbol is? Uh, what is it? A rupee? I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much. Sid. Maybe they'll tell us in the, in the uh, comments. Cause it's a lot of it's 400, 400 something. And it's, uh, thank you so much. I don't know how generous that is, but it sounds generous. KD is a victim of his own choices from leaving warriors to extend his contract with the nets when he didn't need to. I feel this request he made based on the take television media ran. He can't win himself. All right. He's, she's doing the, the uh, Rocky, uh, the uh, Adrian. You can't win. Um, well, does that think, is that what he's thinking? Is that what the facts are that Kevin Durant needs uh, a lot more than just him to win? I think he does pay a lot of attention to the media. I'll tell you that. And television takes. Yeah. Uh, I, I can, I can vouch for that. Yeah. Yeah. Def- he definitely likes to troll and, talk the whole legacy talk it's like i think he did take it seriously in the beginning but i think he maybe has come to terms with it and is now just just trolling with it and stuff like that he may not really care about where his legacy is and stuff like that he just wants to be he just wants to play basketball it's weird i i I, part of me feels like based on what you see him how he interacts with different people on even on social media is that he doesn't necessarily like believe that he's the best player in the league and it's weird because he is, or if he's not the best, he's number one, eight, one, two, whatever it is. And so it's like, if you're, if that's the, your mindset, then you wouldn't like interact with people the way he does. It seems what, that way to me, what, but you know. What makes you feel that way, Coach Nick, that he doesn't believe that? Because, you know, there's a certain um, confidence and um, uh, position that you would take when you respond to certain people um, that would that, that would indicate that. And I don't get that from his responses across the you know the years um, in an interesting way, but, um, but it hasn't affected his play necessarily. He doesn't get into funks per se, where he's not like scoring, although in the first round, right. The, all that physicality got him completely rattled. Right. For, I, although I feel like if you look at his numbers across those four games in the playoffs, they're not like bad, but we saw that, right. He was ineffective. It felt like uh, when they got, yeah. Started. And, they just just moved him off his spots and stuff like that. Right. So he just right. wasn't, yeah. Yeah, and he had thirty nine in the last game. Yeah, know, that was. 0. I mean, I think he averaged twenty six, right? But but you know, and that he got that, to the line a lot, and he that, that a lot had a lot to do throws. with it. But you know, twenty three, twenty seven, sixteen. The game three one was big. Uh, you know, um, in, in at home, and you know he barely did, didn't get a lot of shots. Played forty five minutes. That's a weird game. I I can't remember why. What was what, dealing with that? Do you remember what that was? Why he only took. 11 shots in 45 minutes. In which game? Game three. I mean, I think I think the that answer was, was they were denying him and they were physical. Yeah, I think that was maybe the, one of the more physical games. Yeah. Even They were all physical, but from what yeah. I remember, how many free throws did he have? Did he have like 12? He had, in game three, he took two free throws. Oh, he took two. Okay. Yeah. In game two, he had 20. 
And then in game four, he had 11. But yeah, in the game one and three, game one, he had five attempts. And game two, he had two attempts. So yeah, and and that was it. That was the backbreaker. Once you go down 3-0 and that, that, that happens, like they just, they were broke. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. an interesting question and, um, we, you know, we'll find out if he can, uh, you know, but yeah, but even I forget, maybe it was when he first got the golden state or maybe it was right before he's always been, he's always said that it doesn't matter like how good he is and stuff like that. He's just like a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Like he hangs out, he's yeah. going to respond. He's going to do this. Cause he doesn't see himself, I guess, above all of it, he just feels like he's just a guy who plays basketball. Every single person in the world is a regular guy. Absolutely. Some people, some people just do <laughs> um, great things. Speak for yourself. You know? <laughs> All right. Uh, Flambo123, thank you so much. And we have anime, right? I don't know uh, who that is. Is that anybody famous? That, uh, that picture? No, it's just... Uh... Okay. What, what, you what, think? what? No, what my point was is that if somebody's really good at something, it doesn't make them different than everybody else. Like, yeah, as a person, that was my point. Right? No, I get. Yeah, I'm with you in thinking highly of myself. Here's that. Here's, <laughs> here's Flambo's question: Would you take Jalen Brown over Chris Middleton as a number two, disregarding age and health? No, you have to go, Chris. You want to take Chris because shooting efficiency, just based off yeah, shooting efficiency, just based off his. Yeah. And he's, and he's a plus defender himself, you know? Yeah, and he's better off ball. He could dribble yeah. right now. So Yeah, yeah. no, he's he, – I've always liked Chris Nelson. By the way, I've always felt like he's sort of a low-key MVP of that team. So Yeah, um, closing last five minutes of the game, he's really good. He's yeah, really good. and, you know, I, it's hard to talk. I don't have any more Milwaukee Bucks fans left I, in the conversation. I, I always made this – I always said that I think Giannis will win a championship as a second option. I'm still not sure if I was right or not. Ah. Uh, all right, that's interesting. I don't think you're right. Just that game six, he was Giannis was just amazing. Yeah, that's true. Fifty yeah. piece. But he he, yeah. does, he didn't have enough of an effect. I know they were beaten up and whatever, but he had these good games and they wouldn't win them in the playoffs. And um, mm-hmm. he needs he needs to figure that out. But that's the problem. He's, he's there's enough of a hole in his game offensively that um, you know when you're talking about the top four or five defenses in the league, there's enough where they can handle that. So, uh, but Middleton, I love Middleton, and yeah, I, I go with him over Brown. But you know, it's close. Oh, we have we have to block somebody. All right, let's let's block the crypto people. Uh, we have more um, super bad. We have a buzzer beater. Where are you, buzzer beater? There it is. Thank you so much, buzzer beater. And then, um, oh, that's interesting. What is that? Uh, it's a Knicks uh, thing he's got on his thing. The squad. Interesting. Jackson Wilkins, Tucker Strickland, and gosh, who would that? Who's the other person? Ne. That's an interesting era of the Knicks to have a retro picture of, right? So it's Mark Jackson. Uh, not Dominica, Gerald. his brother. Yeah, is it Trent Tucker we're talking about? I think so. And think Rod so. Strickland. Uh, and so then, who would the end be? I can't figure that out. Anyway, someone will tell us in the comments. Uh, mm. Buster Peter, thank you so much for being so 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 generous, Coach. You missed my super chat a few weeks ago, so here it is. Oh no! What do you think about the NBA midseason tournament? I totally missed this. And so, Buster Peter, yeah, that was a thing. All right, and I because I missed your one last time. You have to email me, um, and I will I will send you something. Um, but how do you email me and how does that, how do you prove that you're you? No one else is going to take advantage. Email me, coach Nick at bballbreakdown.com, and, uh, and I'll get you something for missing your, your super chat. Uh, but anyway, midseason tournament, what do we think? I, I don't know. Gimmicky, probably. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Well, I mean, what did they say the, the rewards were? Like a million dollars. All right. Like What's that. the incentive to make them play hard? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they'd probably have to do something like seeding in the playoffs. No. 
I don't think that was it. I think it was, it was, mo- you know it was it really be? money. It was like a bonus and something else. You know what it should be? Your your least two paid paid players gets a million dollars each. Hmm. Okay. I don't think that motivates teams to, to. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> why? Why is it because like in March when everything is like the, the, the guys are banged up and not playing hard, it's the doldrums. Like they need something to spice it up. They are. Yeah, they, have- they want to add something. It's that a, it's, a European, it's a European model. It's a European model. game. How does that fit? Um, that's a good question. Because it's but you know, it, yeah, it, I mean it. The, People feel like there's too many games, so it's it, right. it, the games don't have enough weight and stuff like that. It, it definitely it, it definitely should be a single elimination if they do it. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, okay. I believe okay. it is. Or, or make the All Star game at you know like the Pro Bowl and the NFL and make it at the end of the, you know in the summer. Well, that that now that would be interesting. No, no one would do that though. You know, well, and you can do it in Vegas. Uh, you know, and and centered around the summer league and have an All Star game. I don't know. That would be interesting. Uh, I think too much would be going on summer league in and yes. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that there's something there. Talk, talk to me in the comments. Let me know if you think that's interesting, but um, someone says that they uh, remembered me and Dave Dufour talking about Aiden being the number one pick and like agreeing with that. I, I, I have to try. I don't know if I ever complain. I, I am convinced that I know that I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't understand that at the time. I thought there was a uh, you know, shout to Dave. I actually had him on the podcast a bunch of times and I got to meet him in person at, Vegas. So shouts to Dave. Oh, hey, nice, nice. Dave, yeah. for another, you know, the, the list of former podcast hosts, uh, co hosts I've had is long and distinguished. Uh, mm-hmm. We had Jared on already. Dave is another one. We'll have to get Dave back on uh, one of these days. And, uh, you know, I would know in LA. Maybe he'll come into the studio and we'll have him on live. Well, I guess, guys, that we're, this is a, this show has been awesome and it's been just thousands or not thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of people here and they're staying to the bitter end. This is amazing. Um, anything else you guys want to shout out real quick before we wrap up? Um, no, I really yeah. combo. Anything you want to, <laughs> you know, it, you got a, a pod coming up? Uh, combos core podcast, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe, and subscribe to the B Ball Breakdown podcast and this YouTube channel. Yeah, so don't forget, I will be posting these as, as they'll be uh un, unlisted, and you can always I'll try and post the links in, in the community community chat, you know, afterwards. Um, and then I'll I'll rip them and make them into audio chat, whatever, as well on the uh, pod. Where could we find the community that you'll be dropping it in? So on YouTube, there's a community tab. When I post it there, it comes into your feed just like a video does. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And and we could go to your main YouTube page and and t- and just tap the community tab. So I believe that yes, you can go to the community mm-hmm. tab to see it there. But the way, the the main way I do it is when I do post, it will just appear. So hopefully you will see it in. A, I guess it's a little bit like a Twitter feed in a way, but maybe a slower Twitter feed, but, um, okay. so yeah, it's tough if you're, if you're a subscriber, so make sure you're subscribed, make sure you have all that stuff up and I'll, I'll do those links. Uh, I can always share the link as well, um, on Twitter. So if you're following me there, make sure you do that as well. And, uh, we'll do our best to get them out there uh, after they're done and you can still see them. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for being on the show. Next time we wear the t-shirt, uh, yes. combo, you got a t-shirt, didn't you? Never, man, never. <laughs> well, if you play your man, we We've been doing this for over half a year. I didn't. I thought I did. All right. I finally figured out how to do it, but um, you know, I'll make it. I'll make it happen. <laughs> I got to send you a T-shirt too. So send me your address, Coach Nick. All right. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll share our addresses and um and uh, we'll we'll share shirts. That sounds good. We'll we'll have to do a shirt uh, thing 
through the screen uh, like they do. In oh, the Jer- Jersey swap, right? Yeah, exactly. It's Jersey swap. So, all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> awesome stuff. Thank you guys for all being here. Thank you out there for all the amazing super chats. So generous of all you guys. It really helps us keep the show going. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, we're not a channel. We're a conversation. Are you in? Are you in, guys? Yes. Yeah.